Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the As Yet Unnamed podcast. I am your host Ian Barstow and in this week's episode we speak to radio presenter and uh, all-round nice guy Mr Darren Antrobus. Uh, I will pre-warn you, if you're interested in radio you're going to love this because it gets quite geeky. If you're not interested in radio you're still going to really enjoy the conversation but we do get fairly, uh, no, very geeky in this episode. But anyway, enjoy. This is Darren Antrobus on the As Yet Unnamed podcast. Hello, welcome to this episode of the As Yet Unnamed podcast. I am Ian Barstow. In today's episode, we are joined by Darren Antrobus, who I first met back in common themes throughout a lot of these podcasts, uh, back in hospital radio days, um, about 12, 10, 12 years ago. Um, Darren, hello. How are you? Uh, hello. How are you? Can we just uh, blow the myth, by the way, of this hospital radio thing? I know you as Ian Michaels. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I changed. <laughs> on, on the hospital radio, I was Ian Michaels. And then I, I thought, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my, my proper name. As, as I, That's the correct way to do this in radio, though, you know? Well, I, yeah. Well, no, the, numerous names. Yeah, the, the correct name, the correct way in radio is to use your middle name, which my middle name is Michael. So, oh, is it? Yes. I made mine up. That's where, no, that's where Michael's comes from. My middle name is Michael, so I just used Ian Michaels. Would you like to go through my original radio names? Go on, then. Uh, I was known as Daz King oh, originally when dear. I was 15. <laughs> that's terrible. I'm now, I'm now 39, but that was when I was 15, so 1995. So I was a, a budding DJ when I was at school. Um, I was then called, uh, <laughs> I took this from one of my favorite TV programs. I was then called, I called myself Mike Knight. <laughs> Stop That's it. terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then I changed my name to uh, Daz Knight. And then a, a guy that uh, is still in radio now, at one of the first big commercial radio stations I worked for in Stoke-on-Trent. You know where I'm talking about. Yeah. Signal Radio. Can we mention radio station names? Mention what you want. Okay, Signal Radio. Back then it was Signal Radio, now it's Signal One. Uh, his name is Dave Johnson, and he's a top, top lad. You probably know the name, don't you, Dave Johnson? Yes. Uh, he told me, why are you changing your name? What's wrong with Darren Antrobus? I said, right, I'll, I'll call myself my real name, Daz Antrobus. And he went, no, your name is Darren Antrobus. So stick to Darren Antrobus. And that's what I did. But it's people like my friends like you that have changed it to Daz or Dazza or whatever in, in, the, in the meantime. Yeah, I think I always, I think I used to call you Darren when I was introducing you and then it was always Daz when it was on the show, I think. I was, I was always Darren to my ex-wife at the time, who was always in trouble. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we met um, back in probably about 10, 12 years ago and has, as has been a theme throughout this as well, um, I've not spoken to you properly for a number of years um i left hospital radio to go back into the history for me for hospital radio it was hospital radio pulse wasn't it at the yes at the kingfisher hospital no it's shut up what (laughs) hospital radio pulse 1350 m at the alexandra hospital in Reading. that's the one yeah 
uh, the, the correct way of saying it was Hospital Radio Pulse 1315 AM broadcasting in and around the grounds of the Alexandra Hospital in Redditch. Yes. There you go. You had a presenter there that did a bit for the BBC. Uh, Melvin? Uh, ooh, yes. And he yeah. used to do travel reports about getting into the car park of the yes. uh, hospital. I remember that. <laughs> so the history for me for getting involved with uh, Hospital Radio Pulse at the Alexandra Hospital in Redditch was I'd already done hospital radio at, uh, in Stoke-on-Trent where I was born and bred, which is where I am again now. Long story, don't want to get into that, why I ended up back in Stoke-on-Trent. Um, but I did uh, forward radio, which was very clever. Oh, forward? Forward. It was called forward radio. Oh, forward. But if you say it slowly, forward, ward, hospital. hospital. Oh, okay. It? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I did hospital radio there when I was 14, 15, 16. And then when I was about 18 or 19, I then got into, you know, helping out as you do commercial radio. And it was signal radio when I first did my... Um, I was a promo person. Do you remember me telling you? I was a promo person. Yeah. Uh, so I used to wear the branded jacket. So I was never on air at the time, but then finally got my way on air doing overnights, covering bits and bobs. Then I did bits and bobs at BRMB, did bits and bobs at uh, a number of other commercial radio stations. Then I came out of radio to concentrate on where the money was in DJing, right? Because back then, so we're talking 99, 2000, 2001. I was in my early 20s. And the big money was in nightclubs. Yeah. Kind of went, you know what? Do you remember I used to do Chicago Rock Cafe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was a massive nightclub uh, chain. So I decided to do that instead because there's big money in there. You could, back then, uh, 19, 19 years ago, oh my God. <laughs> Just stop saying stuff like that because I end up feeling really old. Um, <laughs> You know, a, a, an average club jock as I was there, or a video jock as the Chicago Rock Cafe was classed as, would pick up between 180 to 210 pounds per night. Which is good if you, it's, that's good money, isn't it? Yeah. So I didn't need to do the radio. So I did the radio as a part time thing. And then I, I came to Hospital Radio Pulse because I was, I was at that time, I just had, do you remember Jack? Yeah. Uh, my youngest boy, who's now taller than me, he's six and a half foot, you know. Didn't get it from your side then. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not, no. Um, and he he was born, and then I wanted, I really wanted to get out of nightclubs because getting up early with a baby, he was a baby at the time. Um, and I thought that was my way back in through Hospital Radio Pulse. And I made no secrets to that to you and the guys at Radio yeah, Pulse. I no. said, I'm doing this to get demos. And so I can go out and get back into commercial radio, which I did. Um, you know where I went, didn't you, after, after Radio Pulse? Uh, sun, no. Yeah, Sunshine, Sunshine, Sunshine yeah, Radio, yeah. yes. Yeah, the legendary, what used to be a pirate station in a barn. Yeah, uh, run by Muff Murfin? Yes, Murfin Media, yeah. Yeah. And uh, interesting fact for people that don't know anything about Muff Murphy, as I said, this would be quite a geeky radio <laughs> podcast, this one. Yeah. Um, he wrote the theme to gladiators and all the jingles that we i used to play on the radio elsewhere as yeah. well <laughs> so yeah he he yeah. wrote the theme to the gladiators tv show can you feel the heat yeah gladiators so he made that's probably where well that would have been where he made all of his money from i would imagine pretty much yeah wouldn't have been from sunshine radio sorry no <laughs> um so you so you started um so you'd started on signal radio um, doing 
covering promo stuff. Work. Promo. Pro- promo work and covering overnight bits and bobs. Never, never really, they've never ever, and I still say to this day, they've never ever actually, they've never said, here's the breakfast show, here's your mid-morning show, it's your gig. It was always, can you cover? But because they're a big group, I got, so Monday I'd be at Signal 1, Tuesday I'll be at Peak FM in Derbyshire, Wednesday I'll be at Pulse 1 or Pulse 2 up in Yorkshire. Um, you know, because they're a huge, they were a huge group of radio stations, then I was always in work. So you could just float around, just covering here, there and everywhere. So, doing the, see I started on, I, I did hospital radio and I, it's, it's one of the things I wish I'd have gone further with is, is radio as a career. Um, but there's very little money in it unless you're in the big, the big commercials or the big stations. Um, there's, there's so little money in it. Um, did you, when you first had your proper, your first proper show, irrespective of if it, when, what time of day it was, how did that make you feel? How did that, how excited were you when you had that first proper commercial radio show? I'll tell you where it was when I got my first proper radio commercial radio show was in uh, Sunshine Radio after I left Radio Pulse. So it wasn't until I was in my mid-twenties where Muff Murphy and Nick Jones, the programme controller, and a mutual friend of ours called Phil Dent um, said to me, here, here's the drive time show. It's yours. I'm like, right, what, am I covering it? He said, no, it's yours. You can do, tell us what you want to put in it. This is your contract. This is yours. You can do what you like with it as long as you don't alter the adverts or the music. <laughs> um, and I'm like, right, okay. And I felt really embarrassed because I was coming out with all of these features that say you had on your Saturday show on Radio Pulse going, I want to do a showbiz feature, talk about showbiz stories. I want to do this, I want to do that. And I remember Muff and Nick, my managers at the time, sat me down and said, it's not 1995, <laughs> 2000 and whatever it was, I think 2007, 2000, I forget where it was anyway. I said, what do you mean? He says, that would have been all right if you were Timmy Mallet at Q103 in Manchester or Ian Michaels at <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> There's a, says, what we want is, uh, and you've heard this before, a, a term that's called, it, it's short and snappy. Yeah. So they want features that are done within 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, so I remember Hospital Radio Pulse, you did it, you did some features that lasted the whole hour. Oh God, yeah, easy. You know, and when you listen to Chris Miles at Radio X, his links will last. What was his first link length when he went back to commercial radio? It was a 40 minute link yeah. before the first song. Yeah. My first link when I went back into commercial radio was 35 seconds. <laughs> See, and that's what I think is, it's, it's what's missing in, in radio now, is I used to love 20-minute links. I used to love the rambles. I used to love the, the discussions. I wasn't bothered about playing 30 songs an hour or, or whatever it was. I, I loved that long, long link discussion where people could either get to know you. Some people love it, some people hate it. I loved it, and I still love it now. I loved it. I loved it. Um, and, and you don't hear it now. You don't hear a long link on a, on a commercial station or many other stations. It's very much all music, music, music. It's lost that personality of, of the DJ, I, I, I think. You do, you do get those links, but you've got to be a name to get away with that. So, again, we go back to 
Chris Moyles. Sorry, I keep bringing him up if you're not a fan of him, but he gets away with that because that's his, that's what he does. And he's made a name for himself for that. I couldn't send a demo into Radio X and go, I can do an evening show that sounds like the Chris Moyles show. And here are, here's a 45 minute link. Yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, wouldn't be interested in it, would they? No, not at all. The BBC, however, because they're more talk and the more current affairs and the more... And, and now, it, actually, if you listen to local BBC, they're bringing back that commercial um, personality to a yeah. certain extent because they've had a big shake-up and they've they said, oh, all, of our, all, all, our, all our listeners are now getting a bit older, you know, so we need to get some of the youngsters listening again. I can't. I honestly can't tell you the last time I listened to a, a local BBC local station. I listened to uh, BBC Radio Stoke um, because I live in Stoke, and um, our other local radio station doesn't do a lot. Stoke. <laughs> Be careful what I say on here, haven't I? Yes, we shan't. Um, yeah, just be careful. Yeah, <laughs> don't so publicise it to anyone that you work with. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, I do like listening to BBC Radio Soap because they they talk about stuff that I can relate to. Maybe it's because I'm nearly forty. Maybe that's that's what it is. Um, do you? Would you ever go back into doing DJ work? Um, did you enjoy doing that? Because it's being a club DJ. I think it's probably harder work than people think it is because it's not just it the is. point. It's not just a case of you've got to keep you, you've got to keep you cool. You've got to keep you cool because you're around drunk people. Yeah, and you've got to be cool as well. Yeah. Um, no, I don't want to go back to that. Ever? <laughs> not ever. No, because fast forward. Jack's now fifteen. So fast forward fifteen years. I don't want to be out until. Three, four o'clock in the morning. No, I, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I've not been in the best of health. I've put, put a bit timber on, so I don't really cope with early mornings or very late nights. So even when I go out with my lads around here for a drink in the town in normal times, because coronavirus happened, um, I come ten o'clock. I've had enough. I want to go home, mate. I want to take away and go home and go bed. That's the sign of being almost forty, mate. <laughs> that's what it is i um so i used to, i i i met um somebody that i used to work with in a bar um and he started he used to do djing um but like weddings and birthdays and all that sort of stuff yeah. and I, yeah, I do those i do those now oh you do do those now yeah yeah, yeah they're, I, they're, they're all right they're good fun i did one new year's eve in this pub and i hated it Absolutely. How did you choose to do your first one on New Year's Eve? Uh, I don't know. Well, it wasn't my first. Uh, no, yes, it probably was my first one, actually. It was just, it was horrible. I absolutely hated it. I hated it with a passion. Because it's just people coming up going, oh, can you play this? And you put that on, everybody goes off the dance floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the skill in, in, in DJing, especially if you're at a family party or a wedding or some sort of event like that, is it's having that, Bit of music that gets everybody up on the dance floor. There's a secret. There's a secret. Yeah. Another secret. Now, no, we're classed as mobile DJs. Yeah. We're, we're, no, I'm an event host. Mobile DJ. Stop it. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an event host. It's an event. It's an occasion. I'm hosting music. You're, you're a smashy and nicey. That's what you are. 
<clears throat> I'm going to close this now. <laughs> right. So basically, the, the secret behind it is, and these other DJs won't tell you this, is that when you ask for requests, try not to ask for individual songs or artists. So if I was doing, say I'm doing your wedding, Ian, right? Yeah. And, um, what, 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 and you're, you're having a dance and a drink, and I say to you, what would you like me to play for you? If you go, I want you to play me some Michael Jackson, specifically Michael Jackson, I'm only going to pick the very, very famous and well-known Michael Jackson. But that, that might not be yours favourite. You might like an album track that he did, and you want that playing, right? So, you, so what you do is you ask, what type of music do you want me to play for you? You see what I did there? Yeah. If you say to me, you like pop music, I'm going to pick the very, very famous big top five pop songs to play for you. I'm not going to pick a one-hit wonder from 15 years ago, like Vanessa Amorosi or whatever her name was, absolutely everybody. You know, or I don't know that one. <laughs> yeah, one-hit wonder. Yeah, absolutely everybody. Um, you don't know it still? I don't know it. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> yeah, so you, you ask for, when you ask for requests, what type of music do you want me to play for you? What type of music? What genre? What type? Camp what? shit. <laughs> what? Camp shit. <laughs> All right. Okay. Do you put like a, like a parental advisory on this? Yeah, it's fine. It's a little bit. Okay. okay. Not so too I, much, just a little bit. Because I, I haven't sworn yet. <laughs> yeah, a little bit is fine. Okay. S Club 7, you know, five, all those steps. Yeah, yeah. So if you want pop songs, I'm going to play you all the boy bands, girl bands, and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, so that's, that's the secret behind it. And how many of them do you do? Are you doing a lot of those, or is it just um, one no, because or... I, No, because I'm back in contracted full-time radio, I only have to do one a month, two a month, and that is... But it's a backup for if... Because you know in radio... I've only got to do something wrong once and it's over. Yeah. It's gone. There's the door. Right? Um, so that's my backup plan. So I've, I've always got a full rig working order. I've always got a full uh, music library on my laptop. So I can, if I have to, I'll make a few calls and I'll go out and go out Friday, Saturday, Sunday night doing quiz nights, party nights, theme nights, not just weddings. You know, so that's my backup plan. Um, so you're, without mentioning who you work for at the minute, unless you want to, um, yeah, yeah, can do, yeah. It's, um, so you work for Cheshire's Silk 106.9. Silk 106.9. Um, sorry, man, I'm just getting me brew. That's all right. right. What's the, um, so what's the, what's the, the listenership of, of Silk? What sort of size station are we? Um, oh, you're asking me now because I don't really pay attention. Um, so we are Cheshire East. We broadcast to... Although our name is Cheshire 106.9, our areas are... Do you know the Cheshire areas at all? Or? Not overly well, no. Right, so I can name you the major towns that we broadcast to, which is uh, Macclesfield. We're based in Macclesfield. But we touch... Uh, we cover Congleton, Alderley Edge, Wilmslow, Boynton, Nutford, um, Southstock, Presbury, uh, a place called Bollington, which is just outside Macclesfield, or it might be classes within Macclesfield, I'm not sure. Um, a, a little bit of just before, when you come out of Macclesfield, you, you, you go up into the peak, into the peak district. No, sorry. Yeah. Is it the peak district? You know, when you go up to like the Roaches, that kind of neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so you touch that area as well. You, we do you leak as well the moorlands. So it's that Cheshire, very north bit of Stoke-on-Trent border area, Sandbach, um, Crew, all that kind of stuff. Cheshire East. So it, it's what would be classed as a proper local station. Uh, it is a local station, yeah, not a regional station. Yeah, you know what the difference is. Um, yeah, the regional would be someone like the West Midlands or. Yeah, so you've got Smooth and Har in Birmingham. They serve the whole of the West Midlands from the Welsh borders up to up to Shrewsbury, all the way down to Herefordshire and right in the middle to Coventry. So that's like the West Midlands. Yeah. You so are, I, local. So I, because I used to um, change the topic I was going to go on to actually. Um, I, you said you worked for BRMB, which I didn't know. And I used to love BRMB. So BRMB was. Birmingham Radio Midlands base? I know, you see, when I went for my interview there, the guy who interviewed me was called... Uh, uh, it, was, it was actually Richard Park's son, Paul Jackson. Okay. He's Richard Park. You know, you know Richard... Yeah, um, owner of... You yeah, it, Scottish he runs guy. Capital, does he? Yeah, uh, runs... Or did run... Glo- Global. Was he global? Yes, he was. He is. He's global. Yeah. And he, he used to present... He was one of the judges on BBC One's Fame Canmedy. Yes, it was him, yes. yes. Um, it's his son that interviewed me, and it was his assistant programmer, who is now the editor, the big boss at BBC WM, I believe he is, called Adam Bridge. Um, and they, they are the ones that gave me my... Don't forget, again, all I ever did at BRMB was cover work. So they call swing shifting. Yeah. I did a lot of overnights. I'll tell you who, who did the regular overnights and I covered when he couldn't be there is a guy called Nick Jackson. Oh, I know that name. Yeah, he was at BRMB for a long time. Um, and he, when he wasn't there, I used to cover. Because I, I used to listen to... BRMB was the station I used to listen to. It was, it was really a really good station. It was so popular. It was, a, was, that, was that back in the days of Les and Tammy at breakfast and all that kind of stuff? Yes, and yeah. Jezza in the afternoon. As in Jerry. Did you afternoons? Uh, no, afternoon, evening, sorry. Um, the yeah. Jezza, he used to do the phone in show. Um, yeah, Jezza's Confessions. Yeah, and that was, and Jezza is Jeremy Kyle. Yes. One and the same. Uh, that's, yeah. uh, and on, that fo- on the phone in shows, he was absolutely brilliant. He was yeah. so, so, so good. And I remember listening, I was driving home from somewhere, and he had this caller on that was in proper, proper distress. Really, really. And, and he, he talked to her for, him or her, I can't remember if it was him or her, talk to them for 40 minutes on air. Mm-hmm. And you would never get that now. No, all. you couldn't do that. You'd no, never do no. that. Um, and now you don't even get overnight. No, you don't. So there isn't a, some after, probably after drive time show. Well, it's my, just back to back uh, music, I would think. My, my normal shift in normal world, real world, when coronavirus isn't here, is drive time afternoons. Uh, so when I finish at seven, it then goes, we haven't even got an evening show. And a lot of people don't have evening, evening shows because they're always networks from a central place somewhere. So our evening show is a, is a, is a decade sweep, which is called Love 80s for an hour, yeah, 90s for an hour, Love Noughties for an hour. That takes us up to 10 o'clock. And at 10 o'clock, you have the Love Zone, which is back-to-back love music. And then, Can you still do that, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember the days when I, I mean, I used to cover the late night love affair at Signal. 
you know. <laughs> I, I, then, I, I never understood the late night love shows. They were just... They were just people used to ring up and go, oh, I just want to say hello to my partner. Whatever. <laughs> they were hoping to get lucky, basically. Yeah. yeah. Can you play me? <laughs> can you play me Chicago? Hard. Happy to break for that other person. <laughs> Market yesterday. <laughs> but it's a real, it's a real shame because things like evening shows, things like or things like overnight shows and early morning shows, they were stomping grounds for young people and stomping grounds for new people, and and yeah. and there just isn't, there doesn't seem to be that avenue for people to have a go. Because it, it can't cost it, it. It can't cost much more to employ somebody to do an overnight show on a basic wage than it does. Just well, it does cost a bit more than just to play back to back music. But just to have that person in there to give them the chance to do what they want to do. I don't. I don't know why uh, we lost that door opening gig. I used to call it a door opening gig. So yeah. They'd say, "Yeah, you can do the overnight. See how you get on with that." I started on overnight. So just I told you earlier on on this on this show. It just it gives you a bit more. I'd admit it gives you a bit more freedom. Yeah. To to do to just try things because not many people are listening, or it just it, the people that are listening tend to be I don't know are they more engaging and overnight you get the you get you get, the, you get more characters overnight. Yeah, drunk people and. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of the overnight stuff I've done, some of the demos I've got on my SoundCloud, um, you need to go and have a listen to it because I've got some hilarious stuff on there. And that's all overnight people. That's all overnight people. All my funniest stuff is overnight. So where, where do you think radio is going to go then? Because there's, there's been the talk of the death of radio for years and everyone seems so everyone's like oh why bother listening to radio? I'll just listen to Spotify or Apple Music or podcasts or uh, something. Ra- like. ra- I think the, we spoke about this as friends, didn't we, on the phone? Yeah. I think the days of tuning into live radio um, in your car to get the latest travel report is gone. Do you reckon? It's gone, yeah. Uh, because the thing, the thing that's most popular now, I consume my radio when I'm ready. Yeah. When I'm free. Um, so I, I, confirm my, I consume my radio when... I might be in the bath and I'll and have a listen to the Ian Barstow podcast specials. Which you haven't done yet, I know, because I talked to no, you. I haven't, yeah. Just trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> As you are the host. Um, so I will listen to BBC Sounds app. So I'll listen to Gary Davis doing his 80s, totally 80s, whatever it's called, 80s show. Yeah. I won't listen to it when it goes out on a Friday night because that's mine and my other half's curry, couple of drinks, film night. Yeah. But then I'll, I'll listen to that on, on Sunday night, Sunday night in the bath. But do you think times like we've, we've, we're going through at the moment, so when you've got a, a, a massive weather story, where there's loads of snow or whatever, um, or COVID-19 or whatever's going on, the big stories, people still turn to local radio for local information? Yes, yeah. Uh, so from what I can gather, our... Our at Silk 106.9, we have a coronavirus podcast series. Yeah. So that all the interviews that I do with councillors, MPs, uh, community heroes who are doing amazing things in the community, um, that one page with all those podcasts on is the most listened to page of the whole website. Because you can see on a website, there's always fingerprints. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you can see where people are consuming that content. So people are going on there 
a day later than when I did it on air. So I'll do it on air live, then I'll take it off the system, edit it down so the music's gone out of it, right? And I'll put it on the website as a podcast. And people are going, they're either going back to listen to it again because they couldn't listen to it all the way through, or that's where they're going to consume their media. Yeah. When they're ready. It's like, a, it's like newspapers, you know? I've never been a fan of the printed newspaper anyway, but I consume all my news through social media. So I, I, I follow the Sun News online on, on social media. Follow a better one. Well, yeah. <laughs> Radio's best friend. <laughs> all the content comes from that. <laughs> Oh, I was just flicking through the paper. Gets your phone. Yeah. Out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just saw this interesting story in the paper. Yeah. So, I think so. Yeah. So, in my opinion, I think I think Ray, for local radio, I think BBC is gonna. Um, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna use it. For, I'm gonna use it anyway. Um, it's the only way I can explain it. BBC local radio is gonna come into its own. Yeah. Right. So that's the, I think that's where local radio is going to go. Well, there isn't as much, there's nowhere near as much local radio anymore because most of the local radio stations are all network anyway from either London or major hubs, major, major media places around the country. So yeah, things I mean, like Heart and Capital and um, Absolute, I don't think that's ever been local, but all of those ones that used to be, local radio station frequencies are all now under one brand national station pretty much yeah it's, it's virtually a national heart yeah so smooth but only uh, but off calm have said no you've got to keep some things local so you they have to keep um a local a regionally local breakfast or either is it breakfast or drive i don't know what the rules are lately i don't know and i think that's a real shame i i I would love to start, I'd love to start a radio station that just allow people to do what they want, obviously within, within broadcast rules, but just that if you want to come on and do a two hour show where you play four songs an hour, come and do that. If you want to come on and do a, a show where you do X, Y, Z, but then would people listen to that? Hello, I'm back interrupting this interview halfway through-ish, um, just to say thank you for listening to the As Yet Unnamed podcast. If you're enjoying this interview and you would like to hear more, why not click on the subscribe button within your podcast app? The podcast is available on Apple's, Spotify and all good podcast distribution platforms. So why not click on subscribe and we will appear every single time we release a new episode. If you want to find out more about me and the photography I do, then you can visit dracottphotography.co.uk or dracottmotorsport.photography and you can follow me on Twitter at IanHRP and on Instagram at IanHRP. Enough interruption from me, let's get back to the interview in the second part of the As Yet Unnamed Podcast podcast. <laughs> There's, there's, a, there's a, another area of radio that you've not mentioned yet, and I need to get on my soapbox over it because um, it's, I've got some massive opinions on it. Or I on, so are you ready for a bit? Yeah, yeah. It's going to start with a rant. 
then it's going to be a great big endorsement of it in the end. Right, okay. Community radio. Yeah. My rant at first is I can't stand it. <laughs> right? Because it's all these people that always wanted to work in radio uh, that have never had, never done the homework, have never done the hard work behind it. Like I did the hard work. You did the hard work. Hospital radio. I did the hard work doing overnight, doing things free. I learned my trade. In order to sound like I can put a show together and edit things together and deliver a music-based show, yeah, localized yeah. show as well. So I know what to do. But when you've got people who do it for a hobby, it's great. Have a hobby. You know, I've got no problem with that. But when community radio managers expect their radio station to sound like a commercial radio station, and they expect everyone to do it for free. So either Ofcom need to change their rules and say, look, community radio, if you want to make, if you want to grow, you want professional radio people involved, then yes, you can employ staff and get more advertising. Because a lot of, I'll just, people that don't know about what community station, community radio is. So there's several tiers in, in, in radio, really. So there's things like hospital radio, which is um, just for a hospital. And if you get an AM license, which we did, we had at Pulse, it was literally so you could be heard around the hospital grounds where they didn't have the old um, plug-in headphones or patient line system. Um, you've then got um, the community radio station, which is meant to be ultra local. So it, it's a, it's normally targeted to a specific what, town location or, or genre of people. It's what commercial radio originally was meant to be. Yeah. And, and what, what's moved away. So, that, so Ofcom announced these um, commercial community radio station licenses. But based around that, there's very tight rules on what they can and can't advertise. Yeah. Some of them aren't allowed to advertise, have advertisement at all. So it's a very, I'd imagine it's quite a fine balance between having they money to, to operate. Don't they have to be classed as some sort of charity or run? It's non, non-profit. Yeah, not yeah, a non, yeah. non-profit organisation, I think most of them. Um, so they have to try and make the station work without being able to get a lo- all of their money for advertising. Then you have commercial radio station, local, then you have national commercial radio stations um, and you've got the BBC who do what they want because they get loads of money. Um, and it's nothing against BBC. I, I really support the BBC. So yeah, so community radio stations are very much, they're what I think, they're, they're what I imagine local stations in America to be like. You know, when you see yeah. American, you, you listen to American radio stations or you, you see American radio stations on film and they're like this little house that's got, got a studio <laughs> in and it broadcasts to about 50 people in the town. That's what yeah. I imagine community stations should be like. Yes. Um, community radio could be the new ILR, which stands for Independent Local Radio. Yeah. Could be. If, if just if Ofcom would just go, you can get some more advertising and you can pay some of your staff so that you've actually got a, you know, a radio station to serve the community properly, yeah. not a stream, then that really could be the new uh, ILR, you know, because all the, all the existing commercial radio stations, as we know, are by the big media giants. Yeah. They're all under about four, three groups. Yeah. There's only three, there's only three media groups now in the UK. Yeah. Uh, sorry, four. Global... Hang on, let's name them. We've got Global. Yeah. Global, which is Capital, Art, Art Smooth. Gold Radio, which I hate. 
Is it still there, is it? Yes. You know, that station. So that's global. Yeah. You've got Bauer, which is now Signal Radio, uh, the old Key 103, which is Hitch Radio, Greatest Hitch Radio. Absolute Radio, are there? Absolute they? Radio, yeah. Bauer, Free Radio in the West Midlands. Which uh, is really bad. Is it? Yes. That's my old frequency to be around being. Yeah. Just... yeah, it's really, it's really bad, honestly. I'm not listening to it for years. Yeah, it's 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 just it's nowhere near as good as it used to be. That's for certain. That's 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 the power. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. Um. So yeah, and then you've got um, and then you've got another one from uh, Hereford, Gloucestershire, which is called uh, what's it called? Helius. Helius. Okay, I don't know that one. They've just bought. Imagine Radio in Stockport. Okay. Just bought um, High Peak in Buxton. You know, all that all that kind of Peak District, Staffordshire, Moorlands, border area. Yeah. Uh, and they're a growing media company. So anyway, go back to your, um, as we've now explained, the radio field for people that aren't fully aware of it in the, uh, in, in the non-geeky radio fashion that we are. Um, Go back to your community radio station. You were ranting. Yes. So, so I've done stuff in community radio just to stop gap, just to keep my hand in the industry, so to speak. So between uh, contracted commercial jobs. And so, yeah, that's, the, that's my rant, really. If Ofcom and radio managers who are running community radio stations go, look, let's be the new commercial radio because the other ones have all been bought out. So we've got a time now to grow, to shine, to serve the community that they are based in. Let's just go and, and grow and do this properly. And, and that could be great. So I've started off with a rant and now it's an endorsement. And it's also a good place for people to learn. And there's your door in as well, isn't it? Yeah. Cause I, I think hospital radio is hospital radio gets quite a lot of, of, of flack. Um, and I think that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ivan Brackenbury. <laughs> if you don't know, if you've never watched Ivan Brackenbury, search Ivan Brackenbury. Um, he did a BBC One sitcom as well, or the person that plays him does. But there's videos on YouTube of him doing his stand-up hospital radio, and it is, it is so true and so funny for a lot of hospital radio stations, <laughs> and 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 some of the stuff in there. There is when 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 you do hospital radio and you play a song like um, another one bites the dust by Queen. It's a completely innocent song, but you play <laughs> another one bites the dust by Queen on hospital radio. <laughs> and you think, another one bites the dust. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. Perhaps yeah. not the best one to play. Um, but hospital radio does get a, a lot of flack. But there is some brilliant shows, and I thought I and I blow my own trumpet. I thought our, I thought hospital radio pulse was a really good station in the breadth of people that were broadcasting, in the breadth of shows that were on there. I thought we did a really good schedule. When it was your, peak. your output there was on par with Sunshine Radio, with, yeah. with some of the smaller commercial radio stations. And I think a lot of that is the imaging, so the on-air imaging. Um, I spent a lot of time on getting the jingles to sound right and sound fresh and sound... But, but to be nice to you, though, Ian, you are the most talented and most switched-on commercial radio person that's never worked in commercial radio you know what i mean by that 
Yes, I know. You, you could do commercial radio better than half the people that are still in commercial radio. <laughs> but I never, I never pursued it, and that's the problem. I remember having a chat to your mum at the hospital, uh, at the Redditch hospital um, reception desk, because she used yes. to work, you see. Yeah. And, I used to, and a number of times when I went in there, when I lived in Redditch, I said, so tell your Ian and get that demo off and send it off. And she said, I know, he's brilliant. You should send it off. So me and your mum used to badger you. I know, and, and she, said, she has said to me before, she said, the problem that you have is you don't, you want people to come and you think it's going to happen rather than you making it happen. And it's true, I do. Yeah. I do do that. So, I do it with photography as well. I, I want, I just want someone to flick a switch and go, there you go, you've got a, you can make a living out of that rather than... No, so all this creative work that we all work in or do hobbies in and stuff, you have to go out and want it. And push. Yeah, I mean, come on, I push hard to get back into if you ever leave commercial radio um it's very hard to get back into it because you kind of close the door and go thanks very much see you later yeah and then you know commercial radio presenters are moving around all the time um and there's always new talent coming through as well Uh, so in order to get back in you need to put your foot in the door of so many places and make friends with people that you're not necessarily want to be friends with yeah, it's it's who you know, not what you know. Do you reckon? Very, very true. Yeah, very, very true. Because I listen, I listen to some. I won't name names because I don't know who they are. But you listen sometimes to local or to any radio station or to any radio, and you think, really? How have you? Yeah. How are yeah. you there? <laughs> yeah. How yeah. are you doing this? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um. So, what would be your ultimate radio show? What would be your ultimate radio station and radio show you, you, you'd want, you'd love to work on? Right, okay. My ultimate radio show, and uh, promise me your head's not going to fill the screen, <laughs> is your Saturday show, but on a commercial level. Because that was funny. That was hilarious. I've always been a fan of the Chris Evans, the Chris Moyles. Zoo format. The zoo format, the Steve Wright stuff. Yeah. You had that. You never worked in commercial radio, but you nailed that when you did your Saturday show at Hospital Radio Pulse. So if I could take your Saturday show, your Saturday show was ready for a commercial breakfast show Monday to Friday. It was ready. Pick it up, move it, put it on air. It was ready. Thank you. And, and if anybody allows me to do that, then that is... I'll take 20% of your, 20% of your wages for commission <laughs> for the idea. Yeah. Even the name of it was, yes, okay, it was very Mike Reed, Radio 1 in the 1980s and 90s. But even the name said what it was. It was a Saturday show, the Saturday show. And you aimed it at the younger people, didn't you? Yeah. You know, it was X Factor Talk. Used to, I mean, you loved Big Brother. You talked about Big Brother. Back even, on Sunday. Even Big Brother wasn't on. Yeah, it's back on Sunday. <sighs> in a fashion, it's, it's the best ever episodes on Sunday on E4. When, if oh, you're going to be watching it, are you? That'll be back. I love Big Brother. I, I, it's, I've watched every episode, probably, of every, every series. It's been Surprised on. you're not applied to go on. <laughs> no, never, ever, ever. <laughs> I would do Big Brother if I could do Big Brother without being on TV. Right. Because so they, they, um, they used to do sort of like a, almost like a test run. So they'd have people in that didn't make the live show or didn't make the full show, um, but would be on there two weeks before so they could test the games and they could test the cameras and all of that sort of stuff 
I'd do that. I just never want to be on actually on the show properly. I hate Big Brother. I hate reality. I, it's not for me. Uh, a lot of the people at Cheshire, so, well, it is, but now will make jokes that I like. Uh, Celebrity Love Island. No, no. Oh, no, I hate that. I, like won't, I won't watch Love Island at all. No, I'm just because I'm jealous. <laughs> it, it makes you feel really <laughs> self-conscious, doesn't it, watching yeah, the shows yeah. like that? Yeah, that can't be healthy. His, <laughs> his breasticles are all <laughs> wobble. That's not right. <laughs> yes. So, Ultimate Radio show then ultimate radio station ultimate radio station um bring back brmb yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't disagree it sounded fresh funny um i can give you the lineup that i loved on brmb go on then les ross and breakfast yeah graham mack mid-morning yeah, no, name rings a bell yeah he was the he was the guy that used to work in australia uh, really sarcastic and just did lots of funny phone calls. Oh, yes. He, I think he, he got in trouble loads of times, but he was hilarious. Yeah. So Graham Mack, mid-morning. Phil Upton, early afternoons. God, that's, I haven't had that name for a long Upton. time. Yeah, he's yeah. still at it. He's in BBC Local now, though. Is he? Yeah. Uh, and uh, either Scott Hughes or Elliot Webb, drive time to get you home. Evening show, bring back Jezza. You know, it's, it's just that very early noughties era. Yeah. Commercial radio. That is, that is great. Rather than unnamed, unknown DJ. <laughs> no, don't say, no, no offence me doing on that one, but six songs, that was, this is. Yeah. Here's some adverts. Here's another yeah. three songs. Having, having said that, I must, I must blow the trumpet of Cheshire Silk when I because we are a small group. Um, that own a number of DAB only stations and our sister station in Chester, which is D one hundred six point three. Yeah, I think I believe used to be MFM years ago. I think Marcher Sound. Um, that, that we are very loose with our format. Yeah. So I can get away with having a caller on air for not forty minutes, no, but for four or five minutes. Away with that. Do you get shouted at for doing that though? No. Okay. No. I've got to justify it though. I do have to justify it. So if it's just having a bit of fun, probably not. But if there's content to it and I make it sound fun, fine. Go for your life. When we were doing hospital radio, um, we used to do outside broadcasts. Um, we used to. I don't remember them very much. <laughs> no, I, I. We used to do lots of fates around the around yeah. the local area and lots of school events. yes you did yes i do remember now yes and i hated all of them um i've really i just detested doing them as much as as much as it was sort of like when you're there it's like yay the the build up to it was just like oh, for god's sake really <laughs> yeah. like i stand in some crappy car park for six hours playing stuff that yeah. nobody cares about and we get moaned out because it's too loud um yeah. but you do um you do quite a lot of the bigger ones. The, the, yeah, you do quite a lot of the bigger stuff, don't you? Yeah, um, I do. Uh, I, am, I am the outside broadcast manager for the radio group. The uh, only person that they can get to do them then? Cheshire Silk 106.9, the Silk 106.9 Cheshire East site. Yeah. Company. So 
whenever we go to, um, basically I'm the events manager. Um, so I put the promo team together. So the people that wear the branded coats and give out the flags and the merchandise and all that kind of stuff. Um, I also look after the mascot. You have a mascot? A big Cheshire the cat. <laughs> Me and Cheshire the cat don't get on. <laughs> John Edmonds and Mr. Blobby, where Mr. Blobby used to throw him around in the place. Yeah. That's what happens with me and Cheshire the Cat. Is it the person inside the Cheshire the Cat mascot or just the Cheshire the Cat? Cheshire the Cat. <laughs> Is that a it's running a real, thing? It's a real seven and a half foot ginger cat. Yeah, <laughs> freaky. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, so there's that. I look after that as well. I also look after um, the outside broadcasts. So, um, for example, we do a thing up there called the... Fab Festival. You may have heard the Fab Festival. No, it, yeah, it's it's just no, it's okay. Um, so basically, it's a lot like a, a a smaller version of the V Fest. By yeah? smaller, by smaller, do you mean like instead of five arenas, one arena, and instead of thousands of people, a couple of people? No, uh, so we still get ten to twenty, thirty thousand people. Yeah, because yeah. they're on great big football pitches or great big, uh, you know, like arena parklands, yeah, um, like rugby fields, all that kind of stuff. Um, so like the Macclesfield Festival, which is a music festival. So we've I've hosted and interviewed live on stage Heather Small, um, Clang, who no, I'm doing a name drop, Clang, all right, Clang, yeah, <laughs> um, uh, Sean Ryder. Clang. That was a nightmare. Um, is he as mad as he... Yes. Yeah. Bez, Bez from the Happy Mondays, he's still got his maracas. And he's still got his moves. Do you watch him on Gogglebox? No, I don't. No, because he, um, he does celebrity Gogglebox, him and Bez. Um, Please tell me that, they, that he plays his maracas with theme tunes. No, he doesn't. Oh. But he does it like he's drunk all the time. <laughs> Okay, so right, we've, we've, we've covered radio. I, I want to get a little bit personal because I do on these podcasts yes, in a nice okay. way. Okay. Um, so at the moment, you're living in Stoke. Um, you're home for me, home for me, home, always home for you. For um, you were no. born in Stoke, were you? Yes, I was, yeah. Um, so you're uh, how many in your family? How many sort of siblings? And so I have one brother who I've not seen for since I was about 10 or 11 years old. Okay, yeah. Is that a... He's just, he doesn't like the family, doesn't want to know anybody, so yeah. Okay, so that's an estranged, an estranged... Uh, yeah, he, actually no, he turned up, when I, when I first got with my, my uh, wife-to-be, um, he literally, I got with her in the September, in the January, so five, six months later, he rang my mum, apologising that he never went to my dad's funeral, didn't see my dad when he was dying of lung cancer. And he, and he turned up and I had to go fetch him from work. And I'm like, so you're my brother then, really? Yeah, all right, all right, yeah. So I took him to my mum's. He stayed with my mum for two weeks and did a runner again. So, yeah. Blimey. That's, um, <laughs> yeah. You wanted to get personal, right? Yeah, no, no, no. It, but it's, that's a... Uh, uh, luckily, thankfully and luckily, I've got a very 
stable family. We've not had any major dramas or anything like that. But um, <laughs> how? What was it like to see? So you hadn't seen your brother for what twenty? Last time I saw my brother before that January was when I was at school, about twelve-ish years old. That was a child. So what was it like that then meeting meeting him again? Um, I knew about him. I knew of him. Um, but could you could you walk past the, walk past him in the street and not know? Well, he he'd always fell out with my mum and dad. You see, through I mean I won't go into that because I don't no. know what the bones are of that. No, he, he used to fall out with my uh, parents quite a bit, and um, and then he turned up, and so I'm like, well, I've never fell out with you, Carl. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I've never fell out with you. Yeah, I'll pick you up from work. I'll take you back to mum's. But I don't speak. I don't speak to him now, and I'm annoyed with him now because my mum set him up again, and then he disappeared. So my mum got a phone contract for him in her name, and you know, you know all that. Yeah. yeah. So my mum's left with a bit of financial issues. So yeah. Yeah. It's. But I sent him a, a brief text going, "You know, brother of mine, kid. See you later." That's, it's odd, isn't it? Families are very. You wanted to get personal. No, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. I find. Who do you think you are, Piers Morgan? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, no, if I was Piers Morgan, I'd have told you you were stupid, and you'd, I'd have disagreed with you on everything that you said. So far. <laughs> um, okay, so you're um, so fairly small family. You grew up in Stoke. Um, do you ever see yourself leaving Stoke or Stoke? Your do you love the? I left. Place? I've left Stoke a number of times through work. Yeah. The, the way I, the reason why I ended up in your hometown in Redditch was because I worked in the nightclub industry and I started to date and I eventually married a first wife who was the nightclub assistant manager of Redditch Chicago Rock Cafe at the time. Yeah. Uh, whom I had, I got married to. We had three boys, if you remember. Um, and then that didn't work um, for one reason or another. And then I, and then I left. And I went to, I came back to Stoke uh, to start again and rebuild. And how was that rebuilding? Because I obviously loved I, it. Loved did it. You, was, loved it like, was it like a fresh start for you? Yeah, please don't be offended because you probably love Reddish and Reddish is home to you. Um, no. <laughs> Reddish to me is, was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, I know we are friends. Um, but we probably would have been friends if I hadn't moved to Redditch. Yeah. Through, through people in radio, you see. So, but all the people that I thought were friends weren't, weren't really friends. They were just... Acquaintance. Is because I was in Redditch at the time. Yeah. None of them people I speak to, none of the people that I had a lot to do with in Redditch are currently on my social media pages. Yeah. Because, because that was then. And well, I it's... Get home. home to me is Stoke. Home has always been Stoke. And I, I um, a lot of people will run Stoke down, quite rightly so, because it's on its knees. But I love the place, mate. I love it. I'm looking out there now at Snee Green Hill, the old colliery, and the estate that I live on, Dairy Fields. And I love it. Stoke on Trent is fabulous in many minutes for me. It's in here. Yeah. Which I think's not, I think if you've, I think if you, your hometown is, see my hometown isn't, Redditch isn't my hometown, Redditch is where I, I grew up 
I spent most of my life in Redditch, but it isn't where I was born. Where were um, you born then? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, so I wasn't born in this country. Were you not? No. But I am not, I am fully, I have a British passport and I was registered at a British, um, a British birth centre. Birth, I've got British birth certificate. So no, my dad was, was stationed in, um, when he was in the army, he was stationed in Germany um, at the army base of RAF, Wegen, Wegenberg, Wegenraff, something like that. You were um, born there? So I was born in, I was actually born in Germany, but on the British army hospital base. Oh, at the British Army base in the in the British Army hospital. So I was registered um, in Britain, but yeah. So I, I wasn't born in this country, um, but I wow. remember nothing about it. So we moved to so we moved from Germany to Northern Ireland. My dad was stationed there. Don't remember Northern Ireland at all. Then we moved to a, a, a place called Blamford, and an army base there, which I vaguely remember. And then we moved to Redditch when I was five or six something like that and then i just lived in redditch until i moved away and moved to staffordshire have you ever found your accent to be a barrier of forgetting radio work um have you ever changed your accent a bit yes have you yes many many years ago i did have the radio dj voice <laughs> that uh, lots of people would assume that i was taught by dr fox back in the day um, and now and again, when I've had a few drinks, I can get very loud and turn into that mid-Atlantic radio DJ. <laughs> yeah, I slip into it easily like that. See, I don't, I don't think I've got an, a, a, an accent. I don't think I've got a, no, a brummy accent at all. Um, I think uh, you've got a Redditch accent. Yeah, but I'm... I, sometimes there is, there is some words I can say, and I, I will hear it my, when I'm saying it, and I go, "Jesus, that's proper brummy." But I don't think I've, I'm not. All right, all right, Bab, how are you doing? Yeah, that's Walsall. That's Wolverhampton, isn't it? No, but that's also it's also Birmingham. It's that sort of brummy accent that you can. And then could you tell the difference between Wolverhampton and Birmingham accent? Uh, well, Wolverhampton is, 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 as I like to say, whoa, Jesus. Don't fall off your chair, mate. Fucking hell, I think my, my seat's just broke. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, you got, you got to leave that in. Oh, um, but yeah, Wolverhampton <laughs> is, is, is yam yam. Yes. Yam yam. Um, yeah. Whereas as Birmingham is, 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 is the Brummie. All right, Bab. Yeah. Because it's, it's all Bab. All Bab in Birmingham. But then if I do a Brummie accent, I tend to go a bit scouse. You see, the Stoke-on-Trent accent can be confused and mistaken for Scouse sometimes. It is. We have book. Yeah. Kook. Which is obviously the correct way to pronounce them because you don't spell it with a U, cook, do you? It's an <laughs> ooh sound. Double O is an ooh. It's not. Well, it is, it is cook, not kook. Hang on. School, my other after-school teacher, she's shouting at me now. <laughs> Sorry, Miss James. <laughs> but then i say i say tough 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 instead of tooth tough tough tooth and tough tough is a tough is very much a reddish thing it's yeah it's, I'd say, it, i say tooth because he's ooh cool. yeah but I, I say tough if i don't think about it i'll say tough you so said at the moment you're so you're living in stoke you've got your fiance yes yep when are you um when's 
big day was big day planned before covid or it is was it? yeah yeah we were meant to get married on the 28th of march so that was right blimey just by yeah just just at that <laughs> so lockdown peak yeah so the so the cat the because we, we were getting married in a register office um so the council and the town hall um rang us literally the week before boris went lockdown and said luke we are anticipating that it's look not luke we said look we are anticipating <laughs> that we are going to be closing uh, and large gatherings are not going to be happening so um, would you like to move your wedding date so we moved it to november but i keep getting these scary stories from dr hillary on gmb sorry i'm on air at the time no um that <laughs> uh uh, Dr. Hillary on GMB, Good Morning Britain, they keep talking about the second wave in the autumn or the winter. Our new wedding date is 14th of November. So right in that winter flu period. Yeah. And we've decided, we only spoke about it a couple of days ago, said, if they say to you, look, you can have the wedding still, but you can only have three, maybe five people there. Yeah. Do it small, and then we'll have a big party when we're allowed to have a big party. Which I think is a sensible, and and I can understand the uh, obviously people that have spent thousands and thousands of pounds on weddings and have done massive amounts of planning can be very disappointed not to have it. But you sort of think it is only the wedding part that you're spending all of this money on on, on is the party. You can yes. put the party back. Yeah. If, if you're so other, desperate uh, to get married, then yeah. do it small and get it done in a registry yeah. office. Yeah, me, me and my other half are not. Uh big pompous um you know religious folk anyway you know yeah. we want to get married because you know we want to be mum and dad with the same name sort of thing you know and, and we, we we are together so it just makes a lot of sense um but we like a we like a party yeah and we have a, a large family group um that also like a party and they're all married as well so Kind of like, let's get married and let's have a great big party with everybody involved. Do you enjoy being a dad? Uh, yes, as, as I'm getting, as I've got older, it's it's not as easy. Yeah. Uh, because when Jack was born, I was a lot slimmer, I was a lot fitter, and a lot younger. So I could get up regularly, even though I was doing nights and nightclubs. I could get out of bed a lot earlier. I could move around a lot more. Fast forward 15 years, I put on a lot of weight, fluctuated with my weight quite a bit over the years as well. Um, uh, suffer with sleep apnea. So I'm, apparently I'm meant to wear, about three years ago when I came, you know, seven years ago now when I came back to Stoke, um, an ex-girlfriend of mine said, oh, you stop breathing, you do, when you're asleep. And I went, you are? Yeah, yeah, I thought you'd gone. I went, hey? Yeah, but then you do a great big snore and you and then you, 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 you judder. And yeah. You, and I'm like, oh, right, okay. So I, I researched it. I had to go to the hospital and everything, but apparently I'm meant to wear a... One of the masks. I said, I'm not even 40 yet at the time. That's going to be a right passion killer. Forget it. Forget it. Do you... So have you, you, <clears throat> you struggled with your weight for a while, would you say? Is it something oh, God, that... yeah. Uh, when I met Zoe, I was a very healthy kind of, 34, 36 waist. Yeah. When I got married to her, 
just after I got married to her, I ballooned up to a 44 waist. Blimey. That was after I'd left Radio Pulse. Yeah. Um, and I, I got up to 22 stone. 20, yeah, 20 odd stone. Very, yeah. And I'm not a tall guy, am I? I'm only five and a half, five, six. Yeah. Five. So, uh, and that was the start of quite a few issues with, um, you know, like uh, fitness, you know, so a lot of backache, um, a lot of breathing problems, uh, especially at night, sleeping, um, heavy breathing, just basically just let myself go. I don't, I don't really know why I did it. So now I just got lazy. And do you find that you go through sort of bouts where you're exercise, 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 exercise? And then something happens and it's like, stop exercise. And you, you, you see my social media pages, don't you? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, well, yeah, obviously I find yes. it on Facebook. So, so, but yeah. I, so it, basically, um, I, when, I, when I decided I, I'd had enough of my previous life in Redditch, I joined the gym. I wanted a better life. Yeah. I wanted to get fitter and healthier because I was getting bored with being the fattest man in the room, not being able to... Um, I remember going to Alton Towers with Jack and Ryan, the two young, um, the middle one, the oldest boy. Yeah. And I sat in the ride seat, this, you know, the, the roller coaster. Yeah. Nemesis it was. Nemesis. And I had to get off because they couldn't close the overhead. That oh, was embarrassing. God. That was embarrassing. And because the boys were younger, they had to come off with me as well. So it was embarrassing for you personally, but also you then personally felt the embarrassment for them, but also the disappointment that they couldn't do the ride that they'd yeah, do. Yeah, everything just... So then, and I wasn't happy in the marriage anyway, so I joined the gym. Uh, I initially, I lost six, seven stone initially. Yeah. In about seven months. Bloody hell. Uh, and I felt really good, yeah. really, really healthy. Uh, got divorced. Um, came back to Stoke, rebuilt my radio career. Um, and then while I was in Stoke, again, I've been up, been down, been up, been down. Um, and then um, I put on a lot of weight again just by being relaxed and content with my current partner. Yeah, I know that feeling. Um, and again, no, I've got, you know, like I did have about two years ago, I put a lot of weight again. I went back up to a 40 waist instead of a 42 or a 44. Yeah. And I realized it was creeping on. And I thought, I enough of this. This is ridiculous. So then uh, it was last Christmas, Christmas before, Christmas 2018, going into 2019, I hit the gym and I lost five stone in five months. Yeah. I did it and nailed it. And then I went on holiday. Christmas happened. Put a bit on. Yeah. Because Christmas happened. Coronavirus happened in March. So that's yeah. three months into the year. Haven't been to the gym. And I just started a month ago to correct the weight that I started to put on again. And I, think, I, haven't, I don't know how much I've lost in a month, but I'm already getting back into my... Because I, I couldn't fit... So at the start of lockdown beginning of end of March, beginning of April. Yeah. 
couldn't get into my extra large t-shirts. I now can get into my extra large t-shirts again. So it's going in the right direction. Do you find that it's harder? It's, it is, it's obviously as you get older. So I'm 41, 42 in a month. You're 43. No, what? <laughs> You're making a laugh. Are you no. not? How old are you? I'm 39. Oh, sorry. I thought you said you were 43 earlier. Can you edit this? Yeah. No. You bastard. <laughs> He's an old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Right. Okay. So yeah. So I'm I'm 41, almost 42. You're. 30. I'm 40 in November. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Under 40. No. Um, <laughs> do you find it harder though now that you're you are older? Would be classed as, as middle age, even though we might yeah. not feel it. You mentally we don't feel it physically sometimes it's like oh my god to get up but do you find it harder now to to keep that that control it's harder to lose it's it's bloody easy to put on weight it's harder to lose weight um the hardest part of losing weight is is staying focused when you are not seeing any changes yeah so you just got to get you've got but the secret for me to losing weight is just get into that zone and block everything else out so when coronavirus happened I, at the start, I was doing the drive time show. Yeah. Then I, st- then I got moved back to the breakfast show. And I thought, well, the gyms are not open. I'm going to be up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm going to be tired all afternoon. I'm going to be snacking on bits and bobs. And it, I just got out of control again. And in about a month, in April to beginning of May, I put on lots of weight again. Um, so when I got around to the middle of May, right, I need to do something. So I've got a Fitbit thing, a very cheap Fitbit thing. Yeah. And a step, what you got? Not a stepometer, a speedometer. Yeah. Um, so I need to do 10,000 steps minimum because I've got a sedimentary job by sitting at a radio desk all, uh, in the morning. Yeah. So 10,000 steps a day puts me on a calorie deficit of 900 calories. I burn off 900 calories. That's minimum. Yeah. Right? You know how many steps I'm doing now since the beginning, of, since the middle of the, uh, since the end of May? How many? I'm doing twenty four and a half thousand steps a day. Bloody hell! And I'm burning off seventeen hundred calories a day, which is a lot. If you're so you also... I'm, only, I'm only taking in a thousand calories, so my calorie deficit is around seven hundred. So is that, do you think that's healthy to do that for? Uh, it's not, it's not healthy to do it forever. Yeah. But in order for me to get my weight under control so I can live better and I can get on the floor and play with my daughter and I can do things with her again. And yeah, because last spring was the best time of my new fatherhood time. Yeah. You no. Know? Um, we went out a lot, we played a lot, we did a lot of things, and it was really nice, really good. I used to get up at the weekends in the morning um, without any struggle, but now, well, a few weeks, up until a few weeks ago, I struggled to get out of bed in the morning. I was tired. I was heavy and tired. So that's, that's interesting, because I, I say I, I'm the heaviest I, I, I have ever been, but I think that is, I, I used to, when I was doing... Back in Redditch, I was gymming four times a week. I was doing two week, two evenings minimum of Thai boxing lessons. 
so I was doing loads and I was 28 inch waist and 10 stone something or whatever um now it's a 34 36 um yeah. <laughs> and it's but it is that thing of of contentment it's like it's almost like you don't need to it's gonna sound horrible but play the field it's not like you're not yeah. trying to impress anybody <laughs> all that sort of stuff um no i think to live a normal life you are going to put weight on yeah so a normal life would have a takeaway once twice a week friday saturday night a few drinks of something special at the weekend go out for a sunday dinner in a normal time um don't need to go to the gym every single day don't need to exercise every single day. You you will put weight on at that. And you'll put a lot of weight on very quickly at that. So every morning now I do I do my jogging on the spot. Do you go out jogging? No, nope. I jog on the spot in the radio studio. <laughs> because it's a commercial radio station. So we're playing two and three songs in a row. <laughs> out of every ad break, which is a two, three minute ad break. So there's six minutes, seven, eight minutes there. Yeah. Jog on the spot. So I get going, jogging on the spot, jog on the spot, keep going, keep going, keep going. So not come on air sounding like you're heavy breathing. Uh, no, because I stop 50 seconds before the end of the song. <laughs> down, take a breather, the mic. Good morning, how you doing? Chash is This is silk, one, yeah, no. six. <laughs> Yeah, no, because I, I know what my recovery time is for my breathing. But if I'd, if I'd have left it 20 seconds from the end of the song, yes, I'd be out of breath. Um, do you, is it always something you've struggled with, weight? Is it yes. always... No, only, only, in my, uh, only, since, uh, I've, only since having kids. Okay. And, and do you think that's... Is it something... Uh, I suppose what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, it, is, it, is it something that you is it something you you mentally struggle with or is it something you is it something that sort of gnaws away at you as in um, look uh, at me yeah, look at yeah, what I'm I like and no I hate I hate <clears throat> I like socialising yeah I love socialising I'm not I'm not very happy being on my own all the time so the lads and there's a lot of lads that go out together all the husbands of the school teachers that my other half works for and their circle of friends and their other circle of friends. And we've got other circles of friends as well. So and when we go out, it's always a takeaway. When you go out, it's a load of beer, loads of booze, barbecues around their houses, all that, you know, all that very big kind of socializing kind of life. Yeah. And I love all of that. I never had that in Redditch. So when I was married to my ex-wife, never went through the door. Yeah. So, I love all of that. I love my life, what I've got now. I just want to be a bit slimmer. Now, all the lads that I go out with, they're all gym boys. They're all, they all do boxing at, at the gym, and so they're all slim, fit, healthy. So I was always the fattest man in the room. And you don't like bit. I, I hate that. You're not comfortable with that at all? No, but I do, <clears throat> I do like... I mean, what I would love to do tonight... Before I go to bed in the next half hour to an hour, I would love to sit here on the sofa, watch me classic TV, 18 Magnum, whatever it is I'm watching, right? And have snacks and a bottle of pop. That's the classic you've got to put weight on. Yeah. 
It's that. But, get, but, but that's my chill out time. So tomorrow night, Friday night, I will have a takeaway, and I will have a, a pint of pop. You know. But you've got to allow yourself that, haven't you? You, you can't. Yeah, you, you can't if you're doing a if you're doing a diet where every single day you're counting your 600 calories or your 800 or your 1,000 calories. If you do that every single day, you won't stick with it. No, no, yeah. You've got to have that yeah. so, one so or my, two days a week where you can have... Yeah, so, my, so the way I work it is that if I'm at work at the radio station, I will stick to my strict exercise and diet. Yeah. Yeah? If I'm not at work and it's family time, so Saturday, Friday night, Saturday and Sunday, I will eat a cake or... I will eat a takeout or we will go out somewhere for the afternoon in normal time. If we go somewhere, I'll have a plate of chips and a pie somewhere. Yeah. But come Monday morning again till Friday, back on it again. Yeah, that's good. It's good. Um, Right. You've got to be up in what time do you get up for your breakfast show? Um, I get up at quarter to four uh, only because I, we do something called seg up the show. You know what I mean by that? Don't you? Yeah. We, we line everything up um, and get everything in place. And then I do half an hour's worth of exercise between half five and six. And then I, oh no, sorry, between five and half five. Then I have some healthy scrambled egg breakfast in the radio station and yeah. go on air at six. And how long are you doing now? What's your shift at the minute? Oh, because of coronavirus, because of staff shielding and being furloughed and whatnot, I'm doing a seven hour breakfast show. Is it called the breakfast show all the way until one o'clock? No, no, I've split it into two. So six till 10 is breakfast, the breakfast show. And then, are you ready for this? Yeah. I've stolen a radio, I've uh, stolen a show name that I used to use when I was doing covering shows at Radio City in Liverpool. Yeah. It's called the Extra Portion. <laughs> it's the Extra Portion breakfast show, 10 till one. <laughs> good i i i well i i'm really happy that you're i'm happy that you're happy i'm happy that you seem to be very content in in where you are at the moment um so dan thank you so much for joining us on the podcast um it's been a real interesting geeky conversation about radio which i've thoroughly enjoyed so uh dan thank you thank you Thank you to Darren for joining me today on this episode of the As Yet Unnamed podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and it was really enjoyable. Very good to catch up with him in and just talk radio. It's something I've had a passion for for a long time and it was really nice to get very geeky again. So I hope you enjoyed this and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to find Darren, then you can do on Silk 109, Silk 106.9. Is that right? I need to check that. Bear with Yes, Cheshire's Silk 106.9 every morning at the moment doing breakfast. So do a search for that and have a look and a listen to Darren. It's, uh, he's very good. It's, it's worth it. I don't want to praise him too much. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode. If you have enjoyed it, click on the subscribe and follow button. If you're watching this on YouTube, click on the subscribe, comment, like, share, all the usual stuff. You can find us on Twitter at asyetonnamepod, P-O-D at the end instead of podcast. Or you can find me directly at IanHRP and you can have a look at the website dracotphotography.co.uk forward slash podcast. 
So until the next episode of the As Yet Unnamed podcast, thank you so much for listening and downloading, and we will be back with you very soon. Until then, bye for now. Thank you.